0: Hello, welcome to the Girl I Slept in My Makeup podcast by three sisters who live in three different states who are excited to talk to each other and also to learn and grow alongside of each of you. My name is Megan. I'm Kristen.
1: And I'm Lauren. Hey, sisters.
0: Hey. We wanted to, hi, we wanted to hop on here before we play our episode about, that we recorded about apology and actually give a formal apology and just kind of speak to what's been going on in the world. We're all just heartbroken on the, I don't know, the world that we live in right now. And a lot of times I just don't even know what to say, but we definitely want to say something. So... Just forgive us if it's not the right words, (laughs) but we just want to send out love more than anything and just kind of speak to what's going on.
2: Yeah, and just to note, we actually uh, recorded this episode about the five languages of apology before we knew about, obviously this everything's been going on for a very long time, but um, with the uh, everything. Latest incident, yeah. Yes. So I think we just wanted to take A moment and offer our apology to, you know, not the world and to specifically the Black community. I think for me, the one thing I will say is I think I've always been afraid to speak on things because... I have just a fear of, um, saying the wrong thing or offending someone. I'm like, I'm one of those people, like, I just don't want to offend people. So I've chosen to stay silent. And what I've learned is that being silent isn't really doing anything. So, um, I would just think we, I wanted to take this moment to really apologize to the black community and say that I'm so sorry that it took, the death of George Floyd to bring this apology to light. And I want to acknowledge that there is white privilege and I don't know. I, I just want to really say, I'm sorry for everything going on. I'm committed to learning more. I'm committed to unlearning things that I've been taught throughout my life. And I'm wanting to do as much research as I can to really educate myself on anything I can to be of help as much as possible so yeah
0: exactly oh I was just gonna say you know we're signing all the petitions donating where we can those are like the immediate things we can do but I definitely agree with you Kristen I just want to learn all the things and unlearn all the things and just kind of be awakened like that's been our whole theme of this podcast not only with self-awareness and self-love but also just like awakened from our own you know I don't know ignorance or what to call it
1: Yeah. And I think too that sometimes I can get overwhelmed because I think that, you know, I'm just one person and I'm so small in this world, you know, and sometimes it can be overwhelming to know how we can make a difference. And so I really appreciate all the people out there that are just sharing the different resources and ideas. And I think this was a really good reminder for me, but you know, just because we can't do everything doesn't mean that we can't do something. And I think that, you know, we all need to go out there. And even if in our mind, we think it's small, just remember that we're creating waves. And, you know, for me, that is for sure going to start in my home and just having the conversation with my son and to continue to instill and share with him and just have that conversation and not make it be a topic where racism... I don't want racism to be a topic that is silenced or that we can't just talk about openly. Yeah.
2: And I will be the first to admit, I'm going to be honest, I didn't fully understand the movement of black lives matter. Like I always was just like, but all lives matter. You know, I I was one of those people that didn't fully get it. And I just want to say thank you to all the people who have shared because now I feel like I, I get it now. Like Mm -hmm. I do. And it, it's not about other people. It's about when to give an example, to make it simple. Like if someone gets hurt, you don't go, well, is everybody, is anybody else hurt? You go to the person that's hurt. Right and you focus on that and figure that out. So that's kind of, that analogy helped me like understand it more where like, it's just focusing on the actual problem than saying like all lives matter. That's like irrelevant. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I just feel like that's that's a a big lesson I've learned and I've learned it from people speaking and talking and sharing. And so I just really appreciate everybody who is speaking their truth and, um, yeah.
1: Yeah. And I guess one last thing that I'd like to just add kind of in just general terms about racism. And I know for us, like we believe in God and I just think that racism is not compatible with Christianity. And so I think that, you know, I just want to, you know, it just, just like, I feel like we say this every episode, but it really just comes back to love and yeah. Um, And I just want to genuinely love and hear and see all people.
0: Yes. And just changed kind of the, I think it's just been ingrained in society, all the mm-hmm. things that keep happening and change yeah. that. I listened to, we'll share it with this episode. I listened to Elevation Church's sermon where they, my friend Rachel, who we've interviewed on the podcast before, she showed this to me and it was a conversation between Pastor Stephen Furtick and Pastor John Gray. Um, I wasn't familiar with either of them before this, but I really loved their conversation. And it was just about becoming the bridge between the two. Uh, one's a white pastor, one's a black pastor. And it was very, it was really, really great to listen to. So I recommend that to everybody and I'll share it with y'all. Sweet. Love that.
1: Well, thank you guys for coming along on this journey with us. Thank you for forgiving us for just the lack of awareness on our part. And um, I hope that you continue to learn and grow not only with this, but with all topics because that's what we're here for. So we hope that you enjoy today's episode. Like Kristen said, um, ironically, we had already recorded this episode before this incident happened, but we just felt that it actually um, is just even that more relevant to share and just acknowledge and have the awareness that an apology to one person is not always an apology to another person. So I think it's actually a great topic right now to not only implement in your own personal life with personal relationships, but also as a country. So um,
2: we hope you enjoy. Is it too late now to say sorry? (laughs) Woo!
0: Yay! Welcome to another episode. Lauren and Megan are together? What? Yeah. This never yeah. happens.
2: <laughs> I feel left out. I'm just I
0: know.
2: We wish you were
0: with us. But. By the way,
2: friends, uh we all were supposed to sing that, but then they made me just do it just so y'all know. <laughs> yeah.
0: We're like, okay. We sounded really bad all together, but KK, you're the best. So, <laughs> I know, but I'm so excited Megan and I yes. are sitting
1: right next to each other. If our audio sounds a little off this week, it's because we're doing things different but we're just yes. excited to be together. So,
0: I know, it's crazy. <laughs> well, today we have a fun episode. It's actually been something that's been on our episode list that we wanted to do since the very beginning, but we thought it was the perfect time to kind of bring it up with everybody have been in quarantine for so long and definitely needing to apologize. We're going to talk about the five languages of apology, just, you know, with everybody indoors. I'm sure people are needing to say sorry more than ever for just getting on each other's nerves. And we didn't even know this topic existed. Everybody knows the five languages of love, but if you haven't heard of the five languages of apologies like we hadn't until recently, there is a book on it and we're going to kind of talk through it. Kristen and Lauren have read it. I have not yet, but I've learned so much just in kind of talking through it. And I'm going to give a little summary and then we'll kind of jump in to what we think about it. So basically, what a person considers an apology is not what another person considers an apology, which I'm sure all of you have run into when you're saying sorry, and somebody just isn't having it. Um, The desire for reconciliation is often more potent than the desire for justice. And the more intimate the relationship, the deeper desire for reconciliation. Uh, Forgiveness without an apology is often encouraged for the benefit of the forgiver rather than the benefit of the offender. Such forgiveness does not lead to reconciliation. Uh, But the good news is that the art of, Apology can be learned. Five languages of apology, each important, but for a particular individual, one or two of the languages may communicate more effectively than the others. And the key to good relationships is learning the apology language of the other person and be willing to speak that language for that person.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I think that it sounds probably a lot easier than it is. And those, for those of you who are familiar with the five languages of love, this. Kind of idea and concept is the same, um, where you know learning somebody else's love language is like learning a foreign language, and this is the same. But if you're able to kind of figure out what um, apology language your partner or whoever it might be speaks, then it just deepens that relationship, and you're just able to have just that much more of a just good relationship. And so, yeah. yeah. This was like I was so to be honest, whenever I think it was Kristen who brought up that she had heard of this book, and I think like the part of me that craves um, just simplicity and harmony, whenever the book is pretty thick, and whenever Kristen suggested we read it, I was like, okay, <laughs> And like that piece of me, I was like, wait, really, like, there's five languages that there's like five different languages of how to apologize. Like, can we not just keep this simple and just say I'm sorry and move on with life? Like, that was honestly my first thoughts. But I don't know if it's because I was had low expectations but i was really blown away i we just drove from virginia to texas a few days ago so i finished the book on the way down and i don't know i was just blown away i feel like it just really opened my eyes to reflect on myself a lot and I, yeah it just really hit home and i was like wow like if we all could learn this not only like on a you know household scale which i think all of us are probably doing or at least needing to <laughs> Um, apologize a lot more with all of our home household situations having have changed so much during this time, but also, you know, in your workforce and even on a national and global level. I mean, I think this is um, just really, really good stuff. So we obviously highly recommend the book um, and we've learned a lot. And so we just kind of wanted to put this idea out there that like Kristen said, we didn't even, or Megan said, we didn't even know this really existed before coming across this book
2: yeah well I the idea came because you know this is Kristen and I started realizing I was like gosh my husband and I were like he was like I've said sorry a thousand times why won't you just forgive me and I was like I don't think you did say I'm sorry and he's like are you crazy (laughs) (laughs) you know and we were just running into this thing and I realized okay something's not right. Like something's going on. Cause he, in his head, he has apologized a million times in my head. He has not apologized. So clearly, you know, there's something going on and I started, you know, doing some research and that's how I found this book. And Oh my gosh. Like it has just changed so much for me and my husband. My husband hasn't read it yet, but I've filled him in and I'm a <laughs> though. So, but it's just really helped our relationship deepen and understand each other more. And I kind of wanted to just break down the five and honestly, there could be more than five, mm-hmm. you know, I don't even know, but how the book lays it out. There's the five languages, and I just kind of want to read those. So the first one is expressing regret, which example would be, I am sorry. The second one is accepting responsibility. I was wrong. Making restitution. What can I do to make it right? Genuinely repenting. I'll try not to do that again. Requesting forgiveness. Will you please forgive me? So obviously these sound like super basic, but um, really diving in, it's not as basic as yeah. it sounds. But I kind of wanted to see, like, talk to y'all, like, which ones do you think you yeah. are, and get your thoughts more on yeah, that. Yeah.
1: Well, at the end of the book, there's actually just a twenty question quiz that gives different scenarios, and you just cho- and you just choose the one that resonates with you the most. So for me, I kind of guessed before, you know, once I read through the chapters where it goes into a lot more detail about each of the five, I scored where I'm my highest is the first one expressing regret. I am sorry. So that's like the emotional aspect of an apology. And it's expressing to the offended your own sense of guilt, shame and pain that your behavior has hurt them deeply. So, and it's also being really specific what you're sorry for. Um, So maybe, and then also uh, you, it's important for these people to avoid the word, but, so an example of that might be like, I'm so sorry that I hurt you, but you know, whenever you do this, it makes me, you know, like, whatever whatever comes after the, but is probably never a good thing. So just to avoid, the word but, and instead focus on their pain and your behavior and how the two are related. And it's communicating to them that you feel hurt because you know your actions have hurt them. So it's, it's this identification with their pain that stimulates in them a willingness to forgive. So um, just a couple of examples that expressing regret, I am sorry. So you might say, I know now that I hurt you very deeply and that causes me immense pain and I'm truly sorry for what I did.
0: Yeah. I think y'all even teaching me right now about it is helpful because I think we talked about the, well, I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast about Joe Dispenza that yes. scientist, how he said if you're in, not scientist, what is he? Like a neuroscientist, I guess. Yeah. Um, if you're in that state of emotion, Where when you're probably in an emotional state, even when you are saying you're sorry, and I think a lot of times when I'm saying I'm sorry, I when you're in that emotional state, your perception is off, your reality. So if you can just learn to just truly use these statements of like, I know I hurt you deeply, and I'm very sorry, Mm -hmm. and then kind of take some time to cool off, and then once you're out of it, then you can maybe have more logical conversations. But I always try to have logical conversations when there's still emotion going on, and it's never. Never goes well. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Well, and I think that's something I think every family or every person is different. I feel like our family, the way we grew up, it was like we, you know, which I don't think is necessarily a terrible thing because it's like we're not sweeping things under the rug. But the problem is, it's like we have an issue and we're going to figure it out right then and there. Well, the problem is that, like you said, Megan, it's like we're heated. You're not thinking logically. And something that my husband has taught me, or we've kind of equaled or balanced each other out, is like, hey, let's, separate let's think on things and then come back and have a conversation and it could be even a day or two before we come back and address things you know because it's like when you're heated and just not logically thinking it's just you're gonna say things or I have said things I don't mean I've said things that are just terrible so that was a huge learning lesson for me
1: I love that and I think too like I know for me, just approaching 40 years old, I really do feel like that in my 30s, I just felt, I feel like looking back, like it was a decade of just learning how to communicate effectively and maturely and stuff. And even when I reflect back on my marriage and our relationship before we were married, we've been together 18 years. It's like, thank goodness that we've matured in that area because you know the way before i hated conflict so much that i would just avoid communication almost altogether and that does no good and so it's just i think it's so nice to get to a spot where it's like you can have these conversations we like i remember we'll be like can we just have a grown-up conversation like yeah. let's take a breather and
0: let's come back together for a mature adult conversation you were saying that you your number one, right. Was expressing regret.
2: So my number one, I believe is accepting responsibility. And then my second would be genuinely repenting. So like when Michael is able to like say, Hey, I know when I did this, it was wrong. And, you know, I genuinely, you know, won't yeah. do it again or, you know, whatever you can say. So those are definitely yeah. my top. And that's when I truly feel, cause what would happen was he'd be like, I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> I feel like it would just go one out, one ear out the other. And he was also a big one in the butts. Like, I'm sorry, but when you did this, it made me do yeah. that. And so like, I was just like, no, you're not sorry. You're just explaining what, why you did what you I did. Know. You know, so, so that's so- the
1: fourth one is genuinely repenting. And Kristen, um, just yeah. some things that really stuck out to me under that one was admitting that you're willing to work on changing is what's really important here. Yeah. And how, like, if you're wondering how do we speak the language of repentance, It number one, it begins with an expression of it, your intent to change. Number two, it's developing a plan for implementing that change. And then number three, you actually implement the plan and you can write down the plan. And it even said, like, sometimes it's important for the other person to even be involved in coming up with that plan. And then you might be thinking, well, what if, because I actually, when I was reading this, I was like, well, sometimes I feel like I would be a little bit timid to, to say that in the, because I would be afraid, what if I don't follow through, you know, on that plan? And then I'm like feeling even more. Guilty or whatever, but it actually said that don't, if you fail to verbalize your intention to change and just make the changes and don't talk about them. So he actually says in the book, like, don't do that, even though you might think it's a better option. But the problem with that approach is that the offended person can't read your mind. And so, like, they don't know that you're working on this plan. So in their head, they're just making up this story, like, oh, well, they don't have a plan. And so, how are they ever going to change? So it's far better to state your intention to change rather in and, and mess up rather than just not talk like about it. Like keeping it to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's
0: good advice. Right. Yeah.
2: Or like, what's the phrase? Sweeping things under yeah. the rug.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what it is. And I don't really know what mine is for sure just because I haven't read the book. So I'll definitely have to go through.
2: If if you had to guess, what would you say yours is, Megan? I
0: feel like it's the accepting responsibility the most of just like understanding that. Because I feel like a lot of times I have trouble moving past something when somebody is trying to like, justify what they did of like, this is why I did it kind of thing. So I think accepting responsibility of just like, yeah, I was wrong, you know? Yeah.
1: And some examples of accepting responsibility would be, I know that what I did was wrong. I could try to excuse myself, but there is no excuse. Pure and simple. What I did was selfish and wrong. Or I made a big mistake at the time. I didn't think much about what I was doing. But in retrospect, I guess that's the problem. I wish I had thought before I acted what I did was wrong. So it's basically just like saying the words, I was wrong. Yeah. In one point, so we've kind of gone over number one, expressing regret, number two, accepting responsibility, and then Kristen, number four, genuinely repenting. So we'll get to the next two. But I also wanted to point out that he it did say in the book that just like with the five lo- love languages, You know, it doesn't just because you have one that like is at the top and more potent. You it doesn't mean that you don't like to hear the other four. Like they're all good to do and to learn and to practice. In fact, it even said like if you don't know the apology language of the other person you're dealing with, whether it's a coworker or a customer or family member, whatever, it's always safe to just implement as many of them in your apology as you can. So then you kind of cover all the ground. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So anyway, um,
2: I think that's really yeah. smart,
1: <laughs> but it really is like learning another language. When I was I reading know. the book, I was like, wow, like it's very intention I feel like it's for me anyway, like it's a very intentional thing that I'm going to have to work on for
0: sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, cause if you're saying sorry, a lot of times, you're kind of on the defense and you're very much, or at least I am. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to admit in those emotion moments that I was wrong yet, you yeah. know, but I think if you have this language ingrained in you, I think you'll kind of just realize like, okay, if I just say this, what well, we can, and then you, I don't know. I think, well, it's really I think cool. it
1: takes a lot of emotional intelligence too. And just something again, that I feel like as I've gotten older, I've learned is to just pull yourself outside of yourself really and try yeah. I think as humans, it's so natural for us to – I think it's hard for a lot of people to see things from other people's point of view or perspective. I think it takes a big person to be able to do that, especially in the heat of the moment. And so I think that having that awareness to – you know, just take a deep breath, pull away and be like, okay, you know, and always assuming the best and the other people. Yeah. And but then under knowing their not only love language, but apology language just kind of adds even a deeper depth to all that to where like, conflict can be so much easier, you know, so I just yeah. feel like more oh, yeah. stuff like this that we know, it's like, wow, you know, like, we don't really need like conflict does not have to last long. You know, if yeah. we <laughs> if we can speak their language with apologizing, like we can move on super quick. So,
2: right. And two, I mean, saying sorry is hard. It's, it's not easy. And you know, I think a lot of times like our egos are there, our stubborn, you know, stubbornness, whatever it is like, I've found with myself, like I'm not, it's not easy for me to apologize necessarily right away with certain people. It is for some reason with my husband, I I don't know why, but it's really easy for me to just be like, I'm sorry, you know? And, but for like my family, I don't know what it is about including my sister. Sorry. For some reason with my family, it's harder for me to get to the, I'm sorry. I have to like more settle down or think on things, but I feel like I'm always able to to I'm yeah. sorry. Well, and I sense. think that
1: that kind of goes back to um, in the book, it said in the public arena, meaning like coworkers, strangers, whatever, our emphasis on restitution is based upon our sense of justice. But in contrast, like what you're saying, Kristen, in the private sphere of like family and other close relationships, our desire for restitution is almost always based upon our need for love. And so I think what you're saying is like, absolutely, it makes sense that with like family and really close friends, like you want a relationship with them. And so that is why you're able to come to It's because you care and you want to continue a relationship. But like if, it di- if we didn't really care about continuing a relationship with somebody, then it's like, eh. Yeah. We might not get there as fast. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Well, it's not because with my family, obviously, I want a relationship. It's more – I don't know. I'm I'm more stubborn when it comes to my family for some reason. You don't
1: live under the same roof. So with Michael – I'm the same way. With Kai and Chris, like, for sure, I am, like, really quick. I think because I hate living in a state of, like, where we're not happy and harmony and all that. Like, I'm very quick to, like, look at myself – take responsibility for what I did wrong or said wrong or whatever apologize ask for their forgiveness like it does just happen a lot easier so well
2: and I think with
0: siblings for some reason like growing up with four like within four siblings there is this need to like be right like we're in hard to say you're sorry right away I think more with your family probably because you have that ingrained with you of like no I'm right like I don't need to say I'm sorry like I was in the right you know Because I think that's just, I don't know, it's like the competitive atmosphere of like siblings, which you don't have with like your spouse. It's more of like the need of love, like she was saying, with Mm -hmm. your spouse. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. So let's go over, since we kind of been skipping around, let's just um, retouch. So we have the first one, expressing regret. I am sorry. Number two, accepting responsibility. I was wrong. And then the third one is making restitution. What can I do to make it right? So it's um, a voice in us says, I ought to do something to make amends for what I have done. Or equalizing is making up for the loss that the other person experienced. To offer restitution is to equalize the balance of justice. Um so how do we do this? It's essential to express restitution in the love language of the other person. So if you really want to hit a home run, then um, learn the love language of the person first. And then in your apology, you basically incorporate the restitution in their love language. So an example. Oh, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, I thought so too.
2: It would have to be like a get, look, someone who loves gifts, <laughs> I would think.
0: Um, Or you could be like, let's, if they like spending time with, like, let's sit on the couch together. (laughs) Yeah, I know you can ask them, like,
1: um, an example that was in the book, it's like, I don't feel right just saying I'm sorry, that doesn't feel like enough, but I want to make up for what I've done, and what would you consider appropriate, you know, if the person that you're talking to would receive that well, or I know that I've inconvenienced you, may I please give you some of my time to balance things out. Um, I regret that I've damaged your honor. May I make a public correction? So, and these are, you know, in all different scenarios, like we said, whether it's personal or work or global, whatever. Um, I've broken this promise a million times. Would you like for me to put my commitment to you in writing this time? So Kristen, you were saying you and Michael, like that might be a good way. You probably would like to hear that from Michael, like.
2: This would would probably be my third or fourth one, but yeah, I mean, if he's done something multiple times, I'd be like, okay, dude, you're writing this (laughs) stuff down.
1: So number four, that was three, making restitution. Number four, genuinely repenting. I'll try not to do that again. We touched on that. And then the fifth one is requesting forgiveness, asking, will you please forgive me? And It was interesting. They did a study in the book, and they shared the data. And out of all the people that they um, asked the questionnaire to, it said that one in five answered to the question, what do you expect in an apology? One in five gave the answer, I expect him or her to ask for my forgiveness. And I was surprised by that number. Yeah, so that's like over 20% of people said that they expect to hear like that an apology wasn't an apology to them without the words will you forgive me so i think for this one it indicates to some that you want to see the relationship fully restored it shows that uh well these are the answers to like why would requesting forgiveness be so important to somebody It also shows that you realize that you have done something wrong and it shows that you are willing to put the future of the relationship in the hands of the offended person. So I thought that was interesting because it kind of gives them the control. And then it even went further and was like, why are some of us afraid to ask for forgiveness? And it went pretty deep into this and I really liked what it said. But number one, fear of losing control, Um, because like what I just said, it puts the control in the hands of the offended person. Number two, fear of rejection, because they might say, no, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to forgive you. And then number three, feel fear of failure, because for those of us that have a fear of failure, which is a lot of us, then if they do say no, then we feel like we have failed in that relationship. So, and then another thing that I found so that's the fifth uh, language of apology but another stat that I found kind of crazy is in their survey it showed that 75 percent of couples differed in their apology language and then of that 75 percent 15 wow. I know 15 percent of the members, primary was the other member's last choice. Oh, <laughs> so, no. like, no, yeah. So, for example, mine was the is the first one expressing regret. I am sorry. So, like, that would mean Chris. That would be
0: last on Chris's list. That's so funny. So,
1: if those stats have truth behind them, which I guess they do, like that just means that you know a lot of people
0: are finding out there. <laughs> <I'm> I know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, Oops. I I feel like the five love languages is so worldwide, not just here. Um, I feel like it's so well known and I'm like, maybe I've been living under a rock, but I don't yeah. know. I'm just really
0: excited to have discovered this idea and concept. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I um, think it will be helpful even in just regular, you know, working relationships too, in a way. And yeah. I was reading requesting forgiveness and just thinking it's kind of funny because in a work environment, I think I've actually asked that like, Oh, I'm so sorry that happened with, you know, with favor, I hope you can forgive us. Like that's an easy thing for me to say with work, but for some reason, I guess I just assume my family and like Bobby might will forgive me. Like I don't ever ask for because I'm like, oh well, you just are going to, (laughs) you're going to forgive me. (laughs) But I have asked it weirdly to Joe, like my four year old. I'm like, I'm so sorry, mommy acted that way. I really lost my patience. Like, can you forgive me? I've asked her that before. And I will also mention just raising children. I feel like this is really great for me to read right now because I, you know, we're saying how hard it is to say sorry. It starts young. Like, Joe, I mean, we have to really work with her to say she's sorry. Like, you need to tell your sister sorry that you, you know, hit her or whatever happened. It's so hard for her to say it. And when she does finally say it, it's like, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, Kai, so- it starts from a young age. Like it's, I feel like you almost, it's like a language you, like you were saying, you have to teach it. Well, yeah. And yeah. said that actually in the beginning, which I just had never really
1: thought of it, but apologizing, he, the authors, they do say that it's a taught skill and either our parents, you know, it's like whatever we were modeled as children growing up. And if we weren't modeled that, and we weren't, and our parents didn't teach it to us either. Well, then I guess it's just something you kind of have to learn as you go, and it doesn't—it doesn't come easy. I mean, Chris, my husband, my gosh, like it takes like for him to say the actual words, "I am sorry." It's really, really hard for him. Yeah, and but Kai's the same way, I feel Megan. Like a lot of guys.
2: Oh, my husband's the same. It's so hard for him to say those words. I have to like beg him.
1: (laughs) You know what's funny is in the book, it actually said a lot of people have this perception that like, oh, it's such a male that's so common amongst males. Oh, But they rebuttaled that and said, actually, it's in their research and studies. It's like 50 50. It's just as much an issue with females. But interesting. Yeah, it was interesting. But also, I just want to point out that in the book beyond going into depth about the five love languages they also have chapters on learning to apologize in the family it they also have chapters on how to teach your child to apologize so they just have some really good useful tools that like are so easy to start implementing you know immediately and i think that for us you know we actually kind of chatted before we were recording about just our experience growing up. And we weren't really model. We didn't have parents that we really remember uh, using the words, I am sorry, or apologizing to each other. And so it's just interesting to like reflect on everybody's own experience. But I know, Megan, I'm with you, like, I'm even more motivated now to just really, I think it's just a life skill that is so important. And so I'm motivated, I'm really motivated to keep working on Kai and even when it's an it makes him super uncomfortable and it does not come easy and it's almost like he the, I mean there's a lot of times where he's eight where he I like force him to say the words I am sorry even if it's to me if I feel like he's disrespecting me or whatever and it it pains him sometimes like sometimes it even brings him to tears yeah. after he says it he's like I'm sorry and then like yeah so um but I do think that it's so beneficial and I wish that
2: well, because it's admitting that you were you did wrong, you know, yeah. and who wants to admit? Like that's hard, you know.
1: Yeah, and in case anybody does have children and is interest and in, is interested in that chapter, because I it was a chapter I definitely was, but basically it just says that like first you have to teach your children to accept responsibility for their actions, and you know explain to them that their actions do affect others and how they do. So it just goes into. Depth about the communication there and the words that you can use. And then, you know, just reminding them that there's always going to be rules in life and what those rules are and why, you know, there's rules. Oh, yeah. I definitely need to read this part. Yeah. And that like rules can change and they can be altered or blah, blah, blah. But what happens when a rule is broken? And anyway, so it just goes into really good depth about.
0: What children's, need.
1: yeah, like kind of speaking on their level, yeah, and explaining how, like, apologies that's how you restore your relationships with your friends and family and all that. So, um, cool, super helpful,
0: yeah. Okay, so who's the author? Because everybody needs to get this book up oh, yeah. they're not a sponsor of yeah, our podcast. They're sponsor. <laughs> so,
1: it's Gary Chapman and Jennifer Thomas. So, it's kind of nice because you have a male and female perspective. But, um, I know that Gary wrote the five love languages as well. Um, okay, cool. Yeah. So
2: I believe it's available in audio as well. And I will say for the challenge, if you don't read the book, at least take the quiz to tell you what your apology love or apology language is. Yeah. And I think,
1: I think too, I think we just wanted to like, this has been so helpful for us. And even Kristen, like I, I know that like when we came to visit in Nashville, it was like the silliest little tiff that we had. And even like reflecting back on that, like I so wish that I would have had the, this knowledge and tools. Cause it's like, Oh, like, duh. Now I understand why Kristen got like probably more frustrated than what I understood. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So
2: yeah. What well, makes people make more sense to you? Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah, of course. And you understand, but I think it's just so motivating cuz it's like, oh, well now just the awareness just like with everything yeah. else and even with myself, it's like, oh, and just like with love languages, you tend to love other people the way that you feel loved. So like for me, I my top love language is words of affirmation. So I tend to love other people that way because that's how I feel loved. And we're all selfish in that way, but you know, my husband's is spending time with. And so the moment that I, that is like my least one. So it's really, really hard for me (laughs) and I do not understand it. But whenever I make the conscious effort, because now I'm aware of his love language, it's like, I mean, it's like, I just, I don't know, like he's like the happiest kid on the block for a long time. Yeah. So this is the same. It's like, we tend to apologize in the way that we feel apologized to But if we can change that and start to apologize to others the way that they – Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, and if they – it makes so much sense because how many times have you, like, apologized to somebody and you're like, well – they just, they didn't take my apology or they don't get it. Like, why is this person like this? Like, why aren't they like me? Yeah. Maybe this is me thinking like, why don't they think like me? Like I get so frustrated. And the more you learn with love languages and now this apology, it's like, okay, nobody's ever going to think just like you, Megan. So you need to start understanding people.
2: Lauren actually did say, I said, sorry, why aren't you accepting it? (laughs) But I
1: laughed whenever I read it because – so that's my language, right? Is like I am sorry, and that's what I said to you. And so now it totally makes sense that in your mind, like I did not apologize to you.
2: Right. Um, Yeah. And it was like – I was like trying to explain it, but I didn't have the knowledge. I hadn't read this book yet. So I was like, I want to explain it to you, but I don't know how. Yeah. So basically, (laughs) listeners, this book will help you be more
1: effective in offering sincere apologies when you realize that you've offended someone. And I think, I mean, who can't benefit from that? And once again, they, this is not a sponsor. It's just a topic that it's a tool to a topic that we felt was worth talking about. And I think a lot of households right now, like Megan said in the beginning, we can all benefit from this with all of our different crazy situations going on in the house, whether you have kids home from college or all the kids home or just whatever. Spending twenty four seven with your spouse, if you're not used to like me. So, anyway, um, okay, we hope that you <laughs> we hope that you guys have found this information just useful and interesting, and we hope that each of you kind of goes and maybe ju- even just having the awareness. Like Kristen said, if you don't read the book, just having the awareness, like, oh, not all. Like, I'm sorry doesn't mean I'm sorry to everyone. So, yes, um, yeah. So, yeah. So, Kristen, do you have a specific challenge for us this week?
2: Well, I was just going to say the challenge is like either get the book and read it, or if you don't want to do that, at least take the quiz so you know what your language of apology is. Oh, so, perfect.
0: Well, with the quiz, do you know if you find it online or is it just in the book?
2: I believe it's online. Okay. So just the... Um, I would just Google... The five language of apology quiz. Okay.
1: Yeah. There's also, I think it was saying, like, if you don't, for example, I asked my husband, I mean, granted, he was driving, we were driving 20 hours, and he was like in his own with the music on. But if you, if the other person doesn't want to take the quiz, like to help um, teach yourself somebody else's language or identifying your own language, if you don't take the test, some other questions to ask yourself is, what do I expect the person to say or do or what hurts most deeply about this situation? Cause sometimes when you reflect on like what's really hurting you, then that will give you cues to what your language is. And then when I apologize to others, which of the five languages do I think is most important? So that's an easy one. Kind of like what I was saying. Cause we, yeah. we would apologize in the way that we feel best. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool.
2: Or just call us and we'll just let you know what yours is. Uh, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I know.
0: Oh, my gosh. I love it. Well, thank you, guys. This was awesome. Yeah.
1: Yes. We hope um, y'all enjoy it as much as we do. And we are going to go enjoy seeing each other in person. I'm, like, staring at Megan right now. I'm, like, are we really together? KK, (laughs) fly through the screen. I know.
2: Oh, my God. Teleport. We'll be
1: um. We'll be stopping in Nashville on our drive back to Virginia later this month. Um, so we'll, and hopefully Nashville is it open now?
2: Yeah, Nashville is pretty much open. Yeah, gym's open next week. Woohoo! Wow. So we'll actually
1: get to maybe go out to eat or do something outside yeah. the house. Yeah. <laughs> Okay.
2: all right guys Bye. love
0: y'all listen um follow us at girl i slept in my makeup on instagram and facebook and go give us a rating and review Yay. on apple Podcasts. Thanks, thanks guys have
1: a great week